hear me clearly If y'all niggas fear me, just say y'all fear me These drug dealer rollies is my TikTok and Triller Insecure bitches get lip fillers Covered in white like Bridezilla And never been caught So what's the shiggy dance for a brick nigga? Extracurricular Art by a 812 Rari driver Good morning, good afternoon, good evening Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving A.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino A.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. Scheming A. Smith, a.k.a. Timothy, a.k.a. Him over there, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. If she if, if she passed around, then I'm Steve Nash, a.k.a. Oh, <laughs> Come on now. You know, we just got we got to spice it up a little bit. And on the hotline, as always, is my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker. AKA that bald headed badass. Calvin, I'm actually getting my hair braided this weekend, which is another funny ass story we'll touch on later. So and you get so you getting like braids put in or you getting your hair braided? I'm getting my hair braided. Like I'm getting I'm getting box braids this weekend. It's time. You anyway, wanna look like you wanna look like Felicia so bad. All right. <laughs> anyway. AKA real anxiety girl shit. AKA my birthday's in a month and I have no plans. AKA that little baby who probably just gonna take a nap. Calvin, every year around this time, I start getting severe anxiety every year. And I recognize it because it is taking me under. And every year around my birthday, and it's always a month before my birthday because everything after, literally after my birthday, the year, like it flies back. And I think that's what makes me anxious because there are a lot of things that I need to get done and that I'm in the process of working through. And it's like, shit, I know April's going to get here. I'm going to blink. It's going to be fucking June. And it just, everything starts to just feel like shit, 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 shit. I got, I have a lot of things. I have a lot on my plate. And I always like before anything in my life, if I can plan for it right before things get hectic, I try to use my birthday as a solid break. But then I realize I'm an April baby. That's everybody's fucking spring break. That's kiddo spring break. That's a y'all badass kids spring break. And a lot of like, it just, it feels like everybody's in my way. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, this year I, I got invited to go to DC. I got invited to go out of the country. I was thinking about maybe having something here. I, like, I don't, I honestly thinking about just being by myself and laying in my bed, go, maybe taking myself out to brunch and calling that what it is. Like, I don't want, I like, it's one of those things where it's, I want to be celebrated. I don't want to plan it, but I don't want to put that on anyone else. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you realize like the saying that out loud sound as crazy to you as it should. Yeah, it did. It did. Okay. I just want to make sure, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to make sure. Like, I just want somebody to be like, Hey, Alex. This is what you're wearing. This is where you need to be. Be ready by this time. Either I'm coming to get you or your Uber or Lyft is on its way. Like, I don't, I don't know. But like, I, don't, I just want to wake up and have the shit just, this, these are Alex's plans. And I'm cool with it this year. Like, I, that's, that's what I would want. Like, I hate, I hate planning shit for myself. Helping people with their, with their stuff. Oh my God. Love it. But honey. mm I'm over it. I'm over it before it's even began. 
just a smidge overwhelmed. That's all. You know, I understand that. I think, I think for me, so first and foremost, you know, prayers, you know, keep, keep pushing. I think for me, I, we all have those, we, and we deal with it differently. I, I think I, like, it's not healthy. I'm not, I'm, cause I'm, I know what I do isn't healthy. Um, but I just get numb to a lot of shit. I don't necessarily stop working because I can't. And I don't necessarily even try to stop being there for people, but I just, I get numb to a lot of things. So I'm just like, mm-hmm, all right. Yeah. Like, um, my, 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 my anxiety or whatever comes in my lowered expectations of everyone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't expect you to come free for me right now, or I don't expect you to, be, to, to, to do this thing I really want you to do or, or, or that I need you to do. Cause you know, it's life. Shit happens. I'll take care of it. I'll do it. If you can't, I'll eat it. Whatever it is. I kind of just, I put the burdens on myself because I don't trust no one else to handle them. That's how my anxiety shows up. It's like, it, 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 it manifests in that manner of like, mm, I'll, I'll eat this. I'll, I'll take it because I don't trust no one else to be able to do it. I know that's not healthy. Me and my therapist are working on that. But I think it, it, it all comes back down to, there was a, a shirt um, from shout out to the boys at Ohio against the world that on the back says, no matter how much it hurts, you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about the season that we we've had where it feels unfair that when you're rocked and you're off your access that the world keeps spinning. Right. It feels unfair. You're like, damn, like this, this shit, this fucked up shit is happening to me or has happened to me or is getting ready to happen to me. And like, everybody's moving around. Like, this shit didn't just happen to me. And it feels unfair for that because like this shit's impacting you in a way that's like very real and very like destabilizing. But you also look around and everyone has to keep moving because of all the other variables, capitalism, that, but everybody else has to keep moving. And so when, when I'm in that position and I feel like that, I'm like, no matter how hard it hurts, I got, I got to keep going because if I stop, like, I just stop. Like, nothing else stops. I just stop. And that means when I'm finally back right, I have to do more to kind of, like, put myself back in the position I was beforehand versus, like, doing my best to keep going now, but I I don't have to make up so much later. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, and I feel that, I think part of it is burnout. And I feel a good friend of mine, shout out to Johnny, your accountant, but a good friend of mine said this. He's like, it's really easy. He said, it's a lot better. If you're going to go through depression, at least don't do it, bro. And <laughs> at the time I was just, are like, you going to cry in this Nissan or are you going to cry yeah. in the Phantom? See, future be a, a, a wizard on the low. Y'all just want to respect it. And he, and he was just like, you know, sometimes you got to spend, spending money on yourself makes you feel better. And even if it's buying splurging on a couple outfits or going to the spa or going to go get your nails done or doing something, or taking a quick trip. That has been, that's also the thing. I probably should travel for my birthday. And I need, a, I need a getaway. I need a change of scenery. I need a minute away. And knowing that things will be okay. And I think that's also part of it. I've had to hold a lot of things together for a while. That once I take my hand off the wheel, I feel like, oh shit, everything's about to spin out. Like, no, Alex, everything is going to be fine. But you need a minute away. And whatever's not cool by the time you get back. 
You'll fix it when you get back. I'll be here when you get back. And just having to remind myself that I need, you got to have, there's a lot of like things that drain you and take from you, but you got to remember that it is just as important like you to feel that shit. Like, and I had to remember it. And I'm just in this point in time where just remembering that I need to fill my tank up a little bit. Like, it's okay to hang out. It's okay to, you know what I mean? Buy some shit. It's okay. It's okay. Like, and I, it's funny telling myself that it's okay to do shit that I once never thought twice or blinked twice about indulging in. But realizing that I've, uh, excuse me, shifted my discipline and shifted my focus a lot, kind of tiptoeing into things that, you know, those kind of things makes me feel guilty as fuck. Like, it's like, no, Alex, you shouldn't still find pleasure in that shit because you've grown from it. But it's like, nah, dog, like I still enjoy myself. I still like the shit that I like. It's just in moderation, right? So lately it's just been heavy on the self-care. And when I say like, even just self-care in the good, in the disciplined ways too, like staying on top of being in the gym, staying on top of my diet, staying on top of keeping my house clean and organized because that matters to me too. It's not just shit. I'm going to just log out of work and say, fuck this. Like, no. So that's where my head has been at lately. It's all good, but you want, you want to get to the, you know, get into the chopping this fable, you know, getting to, getting to kind of going where it's going. I think for us, the, the thing about it is, is I, I don't think we're the only ones who feel like this right now due to everything that's kind of going on in the world. Yeah, sometimes it just feels heavy. Sometimes it just feels heavy. And I think that's the space that I'm in. And at one point in time, feeling heaviness used to scare me because I thought I was being triggered. When in actuality, it's just like shit is that's the gravity of the, or of the nature of the situation right now. Shit is heavy, but it's heavy because it matters. And it's supposed to it's supposed to be here for a reason. And it's supposed to shape and grow you, right? But it doesn't mean that the shit that you're responsible for doesn't suck. <laughs> so there's gravity to everything important. So oh, absolutely. Know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like shit's heavy, but you got it, but you but you carry it well. You know what I'm saying? Even and just because you carry it well doesn't mean it ain't heavy. So, you know. Give give people grace where you can. I mean, I think everyone is doing their doing their best. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes just understand that niggas doing their best may not look like it to you, but they doing their best. Doing so give grace where I you can. can with what I got. Give a bitch a cookie. <laughs> give, give a bitch a cookie, bro. Ooh, all right. Well, Calvin, you ready to uh, chop this table? Yeah, let's get it popping. So we, you know. I know they know we not necessarily a political podcast. We actively try to stay away from that shit because y'all got a bunch of other podcasts that talk about that shit. We try to not talk about uh, politics or making plates. Those those are the two things we try to stay away from. But we know what's going on in the world right now. We know how it's impacting us. So it'd be we would be disingenuous to not at least mention how it's impacting us. What's going on, right? So. If you've been living under a rock or, you know, just binge watching a show, Russia declared war on Ukraine, invaded a country, Ukraine not going, and everybody is out here trying to condemn Russia, including, you know, the United States. Imposing financial sanctions, freezing Russian money that's in the United States, 
and most recently uh, refusing to use Russian oil in for, for, for gasoline. The side effect of this, and I'll get into why it is what it is. Did you see the gas prices, Miss Mamas? Oh nine in Ohio. Not I can't even imagine what it is in California. You probably got to sell your kid to get like a full tank. Baby. But like Ohio is four like four oh nine. So here's the thing, right? We first and foremost, obviously, prayers to Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? No, it, n- prayers to Ukraine. No one, no one deserves to get invaded like how Russia is invading them. Um, the United States con- condemning Russia, I get, but also it's like hot meat kettle. But mm-hmm. we ain't got again. This is not a political podcast. But if you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? They they stole our whole flow, bar for bar, like <laughs> you know. But so here's here's the thing, right? For the average American, and, and we're not even going to touch upon, like, how even in the midst of war, Ukraine still found time to be racist, because we ain't got all that, we ain't got much time for that. But just understand, racism is prevalent everywhere. There's a word for nigger in every language. Oh, every single one. Because y'all are in the middle of getting attacked, and y'all still have time to send the niggas to the back. It's wild. But I digress. How it affects you and me on a day to day, right? It's like obviously, like we're close to like a legitimate war, um, a world war sort. So, so the reason why we're close, and you're like, that's Russia and Ukraine. Why the fuck right. let they mind they, let them Make mind their business? Talk to us like we five. So basically, this thing called NATO. So NATO is like an alliance of all the countries, like most countries. Not every country is in it, and Ukraine is not in it which is an important distinction because Ukraine applied to be in it and the NATO countries was like, nah, mm. I think we're good. But so, but some countries that Ukraine border, like Belarus or something else, are in NATO. And so, so the most important part about this alliance when it comes to this situation is if you attack any of the NATO countries, it's like you attack all of them. So basically, say you and your sisters, if 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 somebody run up and hit your twin, it's like they hit you. Like it's on site. Like what's up? Like where we at? Feel me? Yes. Or like somebody somebody hit your cousin. Like yo somebody like ran oh, up no, on your cousin. I, I mean, I understand completely. Talk to the people like we fought. Like I'm, t- I'm t- you. Know what I'm saying like so basically, <laughs> basically that's what it is. It's like if you attack one, it's like you're attacking everybody. So if they attack mm-hmm. one country. United States is kind of like the head honcho of the shit. They attack one country that's in the clique. It's like they attack the United States because the United States geographically is very rare that we actually get attacked on our own soil because of just how we are geographically. Our allies are, you know, Canada and Mexico, like they really not going to pop off. But that's how it could end up being a full world war is if you attack somebody that's in the group. Now, due to the sanctions of the group, we kind of got a role. That ain't happened yet. Fingers crossed. Also, what makes this a lot more spicy is because this is the first real like start of a war in the social media age that like we can all see we're getting live updates through tiktok women are catfishing russian soldiers to get information in ukraine just nuts out here but also nukes because everybody got them nukes so you know you know you remember that uh that scene in uh you know what i'm saying don't be a menace or do we have a problem <laughs> 
that's basically Russia, the United States, China, France, everybody with nukes. Like, hey, nigga, like, if you, if you, let, if you let yours go, we gonna let ours go. Everybody gonna be fucked. So, that's kind of the conflict issue of it. How, the reason why it's affecting us is because the economy, inflation keeps going up because a lot of these businesses, especially these businesses that are also friendly to the Republican Party, have been using Russian money to kind of make the math make sense. And once, and so now that the Russian assets that are in America are frozen as part of these sanctions, that's like taking away a legit. That's like taking away a number in this equation, and everybody's like, "Oh fuck, how are we gonna make this math make sense?" Right. Um, similar to how the gas prices are going up because Russian oil was part of the equation, and when we take that away, we're like, "Fuck." So, but here is the reasoning why this is all bullshit. Hey, do you know what the minimum wage is in Ohio? Just take a guess. You know, it's sick because I should know this given the line of work that I do. But I want to say it's like, isn't it like seven twenty-five? Correct. Tell you, tell. I'll tell you what you want. You won one point five gallons of gas because that is how much. So if I work an hour under minimum wage, I can't afford to put two gallons of gas in my car right now. Cause that's how that's how wild the shit is. Everything's going up except actual wages. But and you know you combine that you combine the gasoline hike with the education hike, the gro- groceries are eating out about the same price now. We still have a chicken wing shortage. Don't know how that's lasted for so long. All of these different things is like squeezing the the average American. Like the middle class is getting poorer and the rich are getting richer. So also. The reason why this is awesome bullshit is because capitalism and these companies often use chaos as an opportunity. Absolutely. So, do I, I tell you that Russia provides 3%, 3% of the, of the oil supply that Americans use for gasoline. Not 30, not 50, 3%, right? Right. So, so their supplies being impacted, but ain't it being impacted like that? And yet, we are we ain't seen gasoline as high since two thousand eight, which was in the height of the Great Recession. So these these companies, these gasoline companies, are passing are just passing the buck straight down to us because they want to keep their profit margin. And because the United States is so reliant on gasoline, because we don't have really walkable cities. We don't have a really solid transport system in much of America, like public transport system. Like niggas is kind of stuck paying it because what you gonna do? Not drive to work? Like it's 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 a real nasty thing all around, but it it shouldn't have to be this way. But it is this way because we have valued the interests of corporations over the interests of Americans. Because why can't the oil companies just make a little less money for a minute? It's not like they're about to go broke. It's just instead of making twenty percent, they 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 want to make twenty three percent. So they're like, we'll keep raise the prices to make our twenty three percent instead of only making twenty percent on the dollar. So like, it's a lot of bullshit all around. And it's, and again, it comes back down to people are saying like, yeah, you got this is a price to pay for freedom. Who's freedom? Because I know we've turned away plenty of refugees from black and brown countries. See, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because if you think I'm not calling the Ukrainians refugees, you're out of your mind. And also, to touch on your point, 
seeing the way that, of course, Black people are being handled in in the Ukraine right now, trying to leave and go home and seek refuge their damn selves. Like, what? Don't get me fucking started. I, I think you can always look at war for the ins and outs and the political reasons why, right? But of course, I always, I'm selfish. So I think it out, how does this shit come to my front door? Dog, I'm looking at, I have a nephew who's 18. I have a nephew who's 17. And then I have a kiddo who's 12, right? All young men. And we know how long wars can last. We know how- We just got out of one that lasted 20 years. Thank you, right? Like we went into 9-11 when kiddo was 12. Like we were, I was 12 when we when 9-11 happened. He was 12, 9-11. My bad. <laughs> I was 12. So like 11, 12. Yeah, I was around that age. So like, no, I wasn't. I was way younger than that. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Math is hard. Math is hard. No, can't think about it right now. But y'all get my point. I was around this age. And so my point about the matter is, I have peers that also watched 9-11 happen and also are have fought in Afghanistan. So that's very that's very much so a reality. That scares me. So for me, I I think about that impact of war. Not necessarily so much. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's all important. It's all, I'm stumbling over my words today. Goddamn. But it's all important. It all matters. But like, I always try to think about how does this shit affect me at home and what's to come of this later down the line? And yeah, I'm thinking about the fact that it's, if this shit goes how I possibly may could, because bro, this is, sometimes I look at like what's happening in the world, like as my like, like, bro, what the fuck? Like, bro, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm sorry. Y'all gonna have to give me a second. Y'all mean to tell me that this shit is just, like, everybody's processing this? Like, for real. We're in a global pandemic where inflation is whooping everybody's ass, and now we're going to war, which is, like, the Like, historically, wars boost economies. Historically. So, hell yeah, we go. And war also, historically, they, they do it to try to ensure second terms. Exactly. And it's just like, nigga, what? Hell yeah, we on our way. And I'm sorry, all of this is just hard to process and digest and keep up with and then try to maintain like all the other shit I have to do because that is my day to day universe on top of the bigger picture and the global and the global stance and and trying to be a well-informed and educated fucking human being. This shit is overwhelming. And your girl is getting a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I just, I, I, for me, sometimes staying completely tapped in all the time is exhausting. I can't. I'll know when I need to know, and I know it when I need to know it. But it's like, God, ooh, we, Lord, it's hard to, and then you almost feel guilty for craving escapism because that doesn't make you feel responsible. So, oh my God, like, oof, leave me alone. <laughs> I will say this though, and I'm, then we are going to end our political segment. Go away. Um, 
ain't nothing y'all y'all gonna be able to say to me for me for me to regret not voting for Trump. I'm sorry. I'm like this this revisionist history is wild to me, and it, it honestly feels like y'all gaslighting. Because it's like we have, so, and I'm saying we, including me, in this such short intention spans and memories, right? And it's like, yeah, this nigga Biden been fucking up. But at what point in the last four years beforehand did that man give you any sort of like confidence that he would do better at this? No. And no. I and, and, and all of you niggas who are like, man, bitch, I wish we had. No, no, I don't actually. Like Sorry. that just I I want you to just understand the, the 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 illusion of choice that we had. Like, yeah, we were dealing with like, do you want a shit sandwich or do you want to get kicked in the nuts? Like, neither one feels good, but there's a preference. But it's like, no, like this. I'm sorry, y'all. We got if we got to be able to criticize the current president without pretending that the last president showed us anything that would make us think he would handle this any better. Like this nigga almost caused an insurrection, and y'all niggas are out here wistfully looking at him. He freed a couple rappers, and y'all niggas think he for black people. I just need y'all to like be smarter. Stand up, stand up. <laughs> That's all I got, man. I, I just had to get that off my chest because it was bothering me. And I can get this off of my platform where y'all y'all can't retweet me and like argue with me because I'll block you niggas on Instagram on Twitter. But like stand up, goddamn. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get too into the woods, we wanted to give our good old wholesome shout out, home time shout out to corporate. They're out here doing some crazy shit. Like this is insane. Yes, they are. This is insane. Calvin, talk to us about it. So before this podcast episode is re- recording, I was just over at Finley Market at uh, Columns um, supporting corporate with their uh, Can't Stop Cincy uh, kind of program. And so basically, Jordan Brand tapped corporate in Cincinnati to be kind of one of five cities that are getting these, these Jordan ones called the Rebellionaires. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's about all about just being a re- a, rebe- a rebel being someone who goes against the grain, all of that. And Cincinnati sh- has shown the entire fuck out. So um, shout out to corporate, shout out to Girls Health, period. Shout out to Saturday Hoop, shout out to this, you know, Cincinnati Youth Collaborative. So basically, all throughout the week, they had, you know, morning and, 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 and evening like workshops. So you get to talk to panels and ask some questions. Um, and also, all throughout the week, they have like give you know donation opportunities for like girl self period, like donating menstrual products, uh, donating sneakers, um, donating arts and crafts, like doing these different things in order to get like a VIP access wristband to get these shoes that are releasing on Saturday, right? Um, because these shoes that are releasing on Saturday aren't on sneakers, so you're not going to be able to get them on sneakers, and also like. Re- from just conversation that we're having like resellers y'all gonna try to resell them but there should be enough for everybody who wants a pair to get a pair right and it's just really dope to see like all of the stuff that they're doing to tie kind of tie it in like fam yesterday you had a like 90 percent men with tampons and pads and shit in their hand donating the girl's health period because they wanted access for these sneakers mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because they wanted they you know to try to destigmatize the way we talk about menstrual cycles and shit like that you're giving, giving back to the kids in the community and also having conversations about like, you know, entrepreneurship and, and kind of what, what, what makes you you and like what makes you a rebel. Right. So, 
So all of these sort of things that they're doing is tied to a shoe release, right? Like we're using the shoes as like the bait to really do good work in the city. And so I got to give a huge shout out to corporate, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Shout out to, shout out to Mortar, shout out to um, Girls Out Period, shout out to everybody who's partnered with them on this because it's, it's, it's dope. I was at the actual spot today. Like they set it up really crazy. Like it's it fire. You know what I'm saying? Like we know a couple people were out here just really doing good things. And I think the momentum at Cincinnati as a city is kind of crafting and creating over the past like few months is, is, is you can you can actually see it, right? It's weird because sports shouldn't be the catalyst, but it sometimes is. Like with the, with UC going to the playoff, Bengals going to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, like people are starting to have that little little bit more of like Cincinnati pride because like, you know what I'm saying, they have things to point to like, no, we did that. No, we're doing this. Like, and to keep that momentum going up and going in the city is, is actually something to see. So like, we could talk about the negative shit that the city got and Lord knows we do, but I got to, you know what I'm saying, give shout out to the positive shit that we doing in the city too. Uh, you know, and I was just actually getting ready to say that. I don't really ch- typically concern myself with how we got here. I concern myself about what we're doing now that we are here. And whatever the catalyst had to be, like, I love seeing things blossom and bloom. And sports is kind of the great equalizer. It's something that people kind of come together about. And I do, like, again, I'm a, I, like I say, I'm a social eater, double entendre, but I'm also, tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. I'm also very much so like, I'm into social events, period. So if we're kicking it and we're gathered around the game, I'm down. And it really does, it, and that's the purpose of it. So again, shout out to everybody over corporate, Girl Stuff, period, uh, Mortar, everyone involved. Like, I enjoy seeing the city be excited about something as like, as especially just it's so organic and it's so genuine and it's it's absolutely wonderful so super proud and they're from Wynn Woods like that's hello come on warriors for life baby what <laughs> yeah but you no know, I listen the city the city going ahead is it is it, it, it's, it's moving we got and, and there's some more things planned you know what I'm saying I can't I can't spill the beans on it yet because I was entrusted because I don't spill the beans just understand. The city got some things really moving and shaking, and we're and we're excited to share them with you. Like, I mean, Cincinnati has often been overlooked in in the Midwest, and I think there's a, a concerted movement to change that. And that's all. Right. I, and I, I, I'm here for it, regardless. I love that. I love that. Um, next. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you, Kevin. I have not been watching Love Is Blind. Um, I know the second season is out. I know it's coming gone. I honestly, I'm gonna just be real. I haven't been in the space for it. So, but you, but we all know the premise of Love Is Blind from season one. Like, it's you pretty much get it. Even if you haven't watched a single episode, you know what it is at this point, right? Like, it's two seasons in, like a couple years in. Like, it's right. basically like a dating show mixed with catfish. <laughs> you know, so the goal is they want you to like fall in love with people's personalities and shit. So like they put you in these pods, you talk to motherfuckers, go on dates, and you can't see them. And basically, the first time you see them is like when you uh, allegedly propose. I say allegedly because we we all know these things are, you know, real ish. And then once you propose and you see them face to face and meet them face to face. Then that's when, when y'all kind of like get to know each other. So it's like a little 90 day fiance mixed with like a little like 
it's like 90 day fiance on zoom kind of like it's weird <laughs> uh but i was scrolling through the tl you know what i'm saying minding my business and y'all's and i came across a question because you know this is for the niggas strictly for the niggas <laughs> what is one question you would ask your love is blind date if you wanted to know if they were black or not Ooh. One question I would ask if I wanted to know if you were black or not. Oh my god, why am I drawing a blank? Because <laughs> like, because you think it's an easy thing, and then you I think about like my whole like because it's one thing because it's like all right, black ass black ass shit just happens in conversation. Like you know what I mean? Like black shit just happens to happen, and it's not one of those things where it's like oh. um like, I don't know. Like, I realize that you're how black you are just by talking to you. It's not necessarily one of... You ever fuck up accidentally? Yeah. Often. Oftentimes. Quite often. I just fucked up incidentally. But, um... No. It's one of those things where it's like... Oh, yeah, I can tell that you're black or I can tell that you have a black-ass experience just because, like, I'm talking to you. Also, I can see you, so I know. But I know that you're clearly black. But I mean, and also there's some gray areas with that shit. But anyway, but I don't know. Like, mm, what would I ask? So for me, I had two questions. So my first one would be finish this lyric. First feelings first. Fill in the blank. And correct. Or even someone who was like, first thing first, I eat your brain. So I'm like, no, but yes. Basically, I'm trying to, if you finish it out first things first, I'm the realist. I'm like, you're not black. Because who the fuck is finishing it with Iggy Azalea? Like, <laughs> get her out of here. Even if you are black, you're not the type of black girl I like. <laughs> you got to go. So that's the first one. And then the second one that I saw was um, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie. Oh, my God, sweet potato pie. Exactly, because you're a nigga. <laughs> so you answer like, I just I really love pumpkin pie. Get you out of mm, go. But I do know some blacks who like pumpkin pie. But are are you friends with them? Uh, exactly. <laughs> my, my my point exactly. Very fair. Very very fair. Um, I think for me, I'd probably ask you about your hair products. Like, okay, what do you use on your skin? But you're t- if you're again if you're asking a black man that man may not that man may not say no, shit. No, 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 no. Because black men typically like you can tell like okay, like you mean to tell me that you as a grown ass black man aren't using like black owned products on your skin or like black products on your skin? I have eczema. I'm using Aveeno lotion and like shea butter and like coconut oil. I don't know if they're black owned or not. I mean, okay, okay, I hear you out. You're right, and if I'm talking to a man, men probably yeah, men. That's what I'm, you know what I'm saying. Like, because better you gonna ask him about hair product. He was like, oh shit. I never, yeah, like I've never dated a man. I've never dated a man who like skincare products didn't become like better because we were dating. This is the first date though. He 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 don't know you wanted to kind of pick up a game. And listen, I I too have had my my skincare and hair care improve because of women. But we're talking like. You know what I'm saying? First date out here. And you can't even look at the niggas. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you get a better question. 
Yeah, like, I don't know, Calvin, I'll be honest with you. That one, and it's so stupid. That's such a dumb thing to be stumped about. But it's like, I typically date niggas. So I could tell if you a nigga or not. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. We got to, you can see. You can, are you not, and why are you not allowed to just ask, bro? Are you fucking black or not? Like, and I know that's well, racist. Because you want to ask without asking, right? Like it's the same way that you, the same way that like you want flowers, but you don't want to ask for flowers. Same, same principle applies. Like you got, you want to ask about being like, are you a nigga or not? Like because it takes, you know how it is. You know how it go. You know what? I would ask about his favorite meal. There we go. And if, if the nigga say like, mm, I love green bean casserole, you like, hey, we got no. one, we got him, we got him. Yeah, I asked, like, okay, like, what's your favorite food? Nigga, t- nigga, t- nigga tell you, uh, nigga, t- I'm trying to think of what he would, t- he tell you, like, Panera. <laughs> I hate Panera. Panera's overpriced hospital food, and niggas who go up for it concern me. Yeah, literally. Like, literally. Like, like, why are y'all so hype about this shit? This shit overpriced and mid. This was gross. Nasty as fuck. But yeah, I don't know. I got to watch the season of Love is Blind. I was told that it was great. I was. But you know what I'm over? I'm over the days where like, okay, I'm going to round out a point. And I say this all the time. You niggas need media agents. You need people who are, these niggas are not media trained at all. So Little Dirk is in an interview. And I'm going to be honest with you. I gave this very little attention. But Little Dirk is in an interview, and he is asked if he is asked um, about like what makes India love his new fiance. If you guys didn't know, um, he is asked like what makes her special, and you know what made your made you think that she was the one, and you know just trying to figure out like what what he enjoys about his his soon to be. Right, the first thing out of his fucking nigga's mouth was her body count. He was like, yeah, she's got a little body count. She ain't been ran through. She ain't like these other girls. Like, he's, like, going off talking about the fact that, like, how that just made her so, so much more of a lady. And I cringed. And not just because, like, how I feel about body counts. But you mean to tell me that you were asked about the most special thing about the woman who's getting ready to be your wife. And the first thing that came to mind is the niggas who have not been inside of her pussy. That's gross to me. And lets me know that men don't. It, it reaffirmed my value, my statement all the time that men do a lot. Men date women to impress other niggas. And I'm not saying that nobody wants a girl you don't take out and show off. But like, bro, you're more concerned with that. That was the one thing that came to mind. That was it. That like you didn't talk about how she treats your children or the mother that she is to the children that you have, or you didn't talk about like her personality. Not the things that she does for you, but the woman that she is or how smart or how pretty or the, or the special way that she handles, like, I don't know, handles you specifically. You didn't talk about any of those things. The first thing that comes to mind is that. That's disappointing. That's so disappointing. I, like, so... A, it's ironic because the nigga has seven kids. Thank you. <laughs> like it's, it's it's ironic, like because the nigga has seven kids, so it's like like we know that you 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, I ain't making fun of nobody, baby mama, but Dirk Burns, baby mamas, don't look like India. I'll say that. And be nice, right? Be nice. Because regardless of what she looked like, he has seven kids. He has seven kids. So it's like, first, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is a bit of, you know, hypocriticalness in that, but it's also, I think, it's also based off of how a lot of people still view sex when it comes to gender. And both men and women look at men who, you know what I'm saying, are experienced, have a lot of hoes, whatever, and like place them on a pedestal and try to de-pedestal and knock off women who have, who are, who have that same sort of like whatever like and also the number different you know what i'm saying like whatever mm-hmm. because i think i think about it even in like don't nobody want a nigga who don't get who don't get a woman like like it, it, yeah. it's it's it, it, it is funny because it's like it's it, the dynamic is so reversed, right? Because again, not only did he mention like, nah, she ain't passed around, and like, but all the other niggas in the room was like, I understood it, right? No one, everybody was like, ah, yeah, I feel you, and and you know what I'm saying, and because of, because we still we still look at sex a lot of times as something the man achieves with a woman versus a a two way communication. Right? right, like, you know what I'm saying? We still look at it as like a quest, more so than a conversation. Like, hey, nigga, I'm trying to fuck. Hey, shorty, I like to fuck too. Bam, we fuck. Versus like, nah, I, I, I conquered this here. You know what I'm saying? So that's best part of that for sure. But see, both of those things and both of the ways that you describe it just feel like transactional, right? Oh no, it, it absolutely is. I still think there's a lot of transactional mindset when it comes to cis heterosexual relationships as in both parties believe if i do x i get y right like even you know whether it's like i spent all this money on you let me fuck or i let you hit where's my money like we look at it a lot of times like i did we look at a lot of times niggas look people look at like this thing as like a, a, a gift card or a loyalty card um, from one of your oh, like mom and pop stores that you get look like the stamps on and shit. Like if you come here ten times, you get you, you, you get a free entree. Like you know what I'm saying? People still a lot of people still look at that shit like that. Like nah, I did X Y and Z for you, so I so I need to I need you to do X Y and Z for me. Not because you love me, not because you care for me, but because I need some return on whatever I consider an investment. Yeah, so so a lot of this is based off of the transactional mindset that we still have when it comes to sex. Where, like... That I do not practice monogamy because that shit is exhausting. And I say that because, A, I don't practice monogamy. And B, that the moment that I started, I stepped away from that kind of shit, I really started to realize how... And no offense, Calvin, please. Annoying that shit is. Like, bro, what you just said was exhausting. And it's true as fuck. And trying to get away from feeling like sex and sexual relationships is just like this, I got something you want ass game is weird to me. 
it, yeah, no, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's right. Like, I don't want you to think I'm condoning it. But I can acknowledge of the reality of what a lot of people say and not condone it. I mean, how many times have, how many times have, uh, has, has somebody black mama said, like, you better not have a wet pussy and a dry purse? Right? I mean, okay. Hear me out. Because I grew up in the household that believed in that shit. And they're not wrong. And a lot of it is about making sure that the people that you allow into your space are not draining you. And that if this relationship, if you're benefiting or having a sexual relationship with someone, that they care enough about you to make sure that you're okay. No. So I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What's the difference between that mindset and, and things being considered transactional? Because, right, like, like and, and follow me here, I'm not being contrarian just to be contrarian here. It's this, this person received the benefit from having sex with you. So therefore, he, that person needs to make sure that he's better. You, you, do, you, do you see how no, I can I get there? You no. Know, and and th- we talk about this all the time. Actually liking the person you're fucking with. And understanding what those boundaries look like between y'all. Now, I'm not saying that having transactional or sexual relationships is a bad thing. They're not. And they're a place for them. Absolutely. But I'm not. And I'm not also not going to sit here and make it seem like I haven't had transactional sex. Absolutely. Bro, you know what it was when I was pulling up. I knew what it was when I knew when you sent that text. Bro, we know what the fuck it is. We're grown. Right. Everybody has had a really a situation where it would one plus one just equal two. And no feeling, there were no antiquated feelings behind that. But I knew that if one plus one with my transactional dick didn't equal two for me, I knew that because of the character behind the person attached to the dick I was fucking would look out for me, whatever it was that I needed. And that's all I'm saying. And also, I'm not saying that just as a woman. There are also men that I've slept with that could ask me for anything. Alex, this is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know. Sleeping with people who respect you matters. And when people respect you, they stop looking at you as some arbitrary ass, stupid ass body count. Honey beats me. I haven't kept up with that number in years. And I and I really, honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. I think outside of maybe 22, 23, like before we started to realize how much that shit doesn't matter, I haven't really actually fucking cared. Are you safe now? In this present time and moment, are you handling your sexual health like a fucking full-blown knowing-ass adult? That's what I care about. Agreed. Are you going to to the doctor regularly? Are you keeping a a good, safe pulse with the, the people you're... Are you being honest with the people you're having sex with? Are you being safe about it? Honestly, I don't even like fucking with people who don't have therapists. Like, I... You... We're too old to not be taking care of ourselves. And we're too old to be kink shaming each other about what it means to take care of ourselves. You, This is how you get your rocks off? Okay, as long as it's between everybody's a consenting adult involved and however that looks like and you not hurting nobody, play motherfucking ball. All I say is that it'd be safe and consensual. That's it. Those are my bounds. Yeah, I just think... I think that, you know, obviously what Dirk said came from a misguided place. 
and I'm not condoning that. I'm just not surprised that he said it because I understand. I understand the thought processes that people like that have to get there. I'm not agreeing with it, and especially in that nigga case, like nigga, you have seven kids, like hot meat kettle, like you know, what I'm saying like what what I'm rubber, your glue, like however you want to phrase it, like nigga, you. It's kind of like how Kim Kardashian said, like, if you want to, you know what I'm saying, not be broke, just get up and work. Like, even if that message was correct, you are not the person to give it. <laughs> That's how I feel. His message will never be correct because it's dripped up and draped out in misogyny. A nigga with seven kids, and a nigga with seven kids can never talk to me about being sexually responsible. A nigga, an unmarried nigga with seven kids and several baby mamas cannot talk to me about sexual responsibility, bitch. Not at all. And I don't give a fuck. I and I don't I don't care who it is. And I don't give a shit if your mother Teresa or or fucking never your fucking gold star virgin never been kissed ass bitch. You cannot sit here and shame anybody for 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 whatever they choose to do as long as they were consenting with their body parts. Like, let's move away from that completely. Like, no. She's not that that doesn't make her a better woman because she has less sexual partners. What the fuck does that have to do with shit? And honestly, <laughs> a lot of time to make you worse. Cause like I like I, you don't know how to do shit right. Like you you scared. You not <laughs> like do better. It's just like I think Cause again, I know some hoes that get to it, okay? Like it, so, it, I'm not. It, no, I just know the type of. I just know in my in my head ahead in my heart of hearts. Like, I don't. You know, what I'm saying that type of the type of person that usually prides themselves on like their virginity and like or low body count ain't the type of person for me. Because like, you're not fun. You're not like you probably you, like you the type of person that's gonna get mad at me if I like go out with my homies. Like, no, go go to hell. Like, no, like. I also don't like the super stage five clean type of woman either. No, no, no. Go as a as a boyfriend, please do shit without me. I am begging you. Go with your homegirls. Like go, go, go. Don't invite me. Don't bring me alone. I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm sick. Go, go. Cause like I don't want I don't want you to lose your friends fucking with me. And then have your no mm, 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 mm. go go with your homegirls. And hell, I'm a, you know what I'm saying like I'm a, I'm gonna make sure I'm cool with your homegirls because I because I need them on my side in case anything ever happened. No, go go go. Don't you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't like those type of women anyway because they're not fun. They usually have some antiquated form of thinking or some. No, no. Mm-mm. My favorite women are hoes, and it's always going to be that way. Hoes like, make the world go round, and like the the the, the 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 quicker we all realize it, the better we will be as a society. Hoes make the world go round. Because think about all. Think, listen, hoes are the American heroes of the day. Think about all of the sacrifices hoes have had to make in order to keep this society running. Oh yeah, for facts. I'm probably gonna marry a hoe. I'm, as a matter of fact, I know I'm gonna marry a hoe. Absolutely. There's a joke in there. I'm not gonna make because I'm being a better person. Yeah, leave me alone. Let's move, on. Let's, move <laughs> on. Let's move on. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's Would you like on. to explain the sports? Yes. Yes. Um. So this news story may have gotten a little 
buried because there's been some big, you know, trades in the NFL and re-signings or whatever. But Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley. So, like, he's one of the, like, dopest young wide receivers in the game. Uh, so in last year, he took some time away from the game. Um, and he, and he, and he, and he said it was for mental health reasons, right? And you know how we feel about that here on this platform. If you know what I'm saying, protect your mental. Mm -hmm. So while he was away, while he was away, um, like last November, he placed money. He placed like, he placed money on parlays. And some of the parlays included a bet for the Falcons, his team, to win. And and he bet like through an official app. Like he didn't go through Bucky, he didn't do anything like that. Bet through an official app. And to make a long story less long, the nigga got suspended for the entire year. So he might be the first man in history. To bet fifteen hundred dollars and lose eleven million, because that was his salary he was scheduled to earn this year, eleven million dollars. So, people who aren't into sports are like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Basically, the NFL has made it very much blatantly known: you cannot gamble <laughs> on the NFL. You cannot bet on the NFL at all. You, if you, even if you are, if you're a player, coach, employee, if you are the janitor of the Miami Dolphins, you better not bet on the NFL. Partly because they want to kind of keep the integrity of the game intact, right? Like you may know inside information. Like if you're if you're in the locker room, you may know that the star quarterback has an injury that he's kind of trying to play through. So you may like calculate that and then like put money on the other side, right? Like, it's trying to keep the integrity right. of the game. Also, because, like, if you, bet on, if you bet on, you know, t your team to lose or to win, like, you may play differently and it may fuck up the game, like, all of that shit. Pete Rose, to give a, a comparable example, got a lifetime ban from, from Major League Baseball for betting on baseball and for betting on the Reds. Mm -hmm. Lifetime ban. Only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame to this day. So they take this shit seriously. Like, even the, the 1919, like, Black Sox scandal is basically because they were paid to throw the series. So sports and gambling is, is always been like oil or water. The problem is, is that as gambling gets legalized in more and more places, the NFL and its partners are, like, actively having sponsorships with these with these places getting millions of dollars from these places. It's, and it's, and it's, and it's, it was always going to happen where somebody was going to try to bet legally and get not. Nah, it's basically like, it'd be like if this podcast was sponsored by McDonald's, but I got mad at you for eating a McChicken. Oh, right. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You'd be like, wait, nigga, what? Like, that's our sponsor. I know, but eating McChicken is against the rules. Like, then why are we sponsoring McDonald's? That sort of thing. So the nigga got suspended for a year. So he so he bet fifteen hundred, lost eleven million. Worst mm -hmm. gambling bet in the history of gambling. But there's also questions because back to Brian Flores, who we talked about, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. There's an allegation that Brian Flores made that the Dolphins owner, uh, Stephen Ross, was trying to pay him hundred k per game to take. 
to lose. And we haven't heard much about the follow-up to those allegations. So it's like, mm. people are wondering, like, okay, what's going on here? So, but like, that's what's going on right now. Like, dude got suspended for a year off of gambling, which is a, a, a complete no-no, but there's also some questions on, like, damn, they really need that whole, you know, 16 games suspension, 17 games suspension. So that's what's going on. You know, I don't have any input on this one. It's one of those things where it's just like, damn, 1500 definitely cost you a lot of fucking money, my guy. And I know that it was probably on some didn't think you get caught type shit. But, but, that's he, but here's the thing. He did, he, it wasn't like he went through a bookie. He went through like his own cell phone on like the Hard Rock Cafe app. Like, <laughs> if you weren't trying to get caught, then you are terrible. I mean, but at the same time, that's kind of what the, okay, hear me out. It's kind of what the innocent part of it is. He wasn't trying to get caught, which lets me believe that he was probably just like not thinking too much of it. And also the dollar amount, $1,500 to him. That wasn't, was it smart? No. Was it pennies? Absolutely. He's not thinking about it that way. Because if it wasn't like he was trying to like flip some money or like cause a big cause waves or anything, he wasn't trying to come up. Like he was probably just trying to have a little fun and didn't think in much of it. And that's where you fucked up. And so it's like with that, and also I think the reason why they came down like super crazy on him was like they tell you this, it's one of the rules they beat into your head from like when you're a rookie. It's on signs all throughout every locker room in the, in, in the NFL. They talk about it in the rookie symposium. Like, before they had a team in Vegas, they really didn't even want, like, players to go to Vegas for real, for real. Like, it was like, mm. Like, put it like this. You can't even – if you can have a fantasy football league, but the, the payout can't be more than, like, $25 per team. Like, that sort of – because they, they, they really try to make sure that there's not no ways to, you know – get inroads because again like he's a superstar right but like if they didn't really come down hard on him and suspend him for the whole year like what's stopping the 52nd or 53rd guy on the team who who if you suspend me for a whole year i'm already making the minimum wage anyway like i'm already making the minimum amount from like using inside information he gets from you know being in the team to like make plays and and kind of influence the game that way so that's why they kind of i mean i feel you i'm not saying I'm not saying I don't understand. I'm saying is that my nigga, I see the innocent part of this, but it's also like, come on, my guy. Just come on. And it's also like, hey, fam, when you're making $11 million, you should do everything in your power to make sure you don't throw away that money. And people, people call the like, Oh man, like they all believe a standard up for integrity or whatever. No, 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 that's not that, dog. Like, listen, sometimes if you have a bag that is gifted to you by the grace of God because you are talented and and, and, and special in a, in a field that is willing to pay that sort of money, you have to understand the privilege and the gift that you have been received. Don't blow it over some silly shit, bro. Like, if 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 you if you want to gamble, bro, like. You could gamble on NBA. You can gamble on hockey. You could gamble on. You ain't got to. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just certain things where it's like, fam, like 
when when you are gifted so much money that like 99% of the country will never see in their lifetimes and you like toss it away for some for some shit you didn't have to toss it away for it's a hard pill to swallow and it's a hard it's a hard thing to garner a lot of sympathy for because of just it's just the nature of the of the numbers right like like damn bro like you know how much money like i was uh, speaking of corporate we was talking earlier Mm-hmm. And she said, like, shout out to uh, uh, Paul Sissy, you know, District 78, Girls Up, period. She said, like, I know I could I could complain about everything I got going on, but I know if I set this bag down, somebody else would pick it up and run with it. Like, and it, it kind of reminded me of the same thing. It's like, nah, I understand it's, it, it's, it's shitty to, like, damn, I can't I can't gamble on, on, on parlays when I'm away from the team. No, because like that's that is the condition that you agreed to when they paid you eleven million dollars per year to play football. If you don't want that condition, that's fine. But you're also going to give up the money that comes with that. Actions, consequences. I feel you. I feel you. No arguments there. Um. So last topic before we wrap it up and get our asses up out of here because the bitch is sleeping. Um. Joe Biden, on top of not minding his business. See, this is why you need to keep men in men's business. Because now Joe Biden is like encouraging employees to go back to work. I mean, go return to office, return to the office. And of course, as gas prices are skyrocketing, salaries have not been moved. Niggas are leaving jobs because we can work work remotely. Now you're pushing people to come back into corporate spaces. And all of it has to do with, all of it honestly just has to do with corporate real estate because these fucking buildings are empty and all the small businesses surrounding these corporate businesses that are being affected, like your local delis and shops, because people aren't coming into work, like they're not commuting into work. And I'll be honest with you, working from home saves my ass sometimes and not even times. Every time I work from home, I have had a great day. It has been productive. I ha- and then when I do have to return to the office, I am well-rested and focused. I'm one of those kind of people that likes the option. Sometimes I do want to go into the office and interface with people and grab lunch. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't want to leave the comforts of my house. I don't want to put on, a- I don't want to put my hair up. I don't want to have to interact. I don't want to talk. I don't want none of that shit. I want to do my job and be left alone. And I am starting to realize that. In the more that I'm starting to work from home, I am starting to realize that niggas are really not going back into the office, like at all, at all. And the line of work that I do, it is a hard sell convincing someone that, hey, got this great paying job and they want to see you in their office. And niggas have been turning down. I've had a candidate turn down like $150,000 job a year because they were not going back into the office. And to them, it's just like, I, I understand it's a step up from where I am, but you can't replace the comforts of me being able to do my job and not have to commute and all the other money that I'm saving from not having to leave the comforts of my home. You cannot convince me that it's worth it. Um, shit, I feel you. And so, like, it's, 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 it's weird, right? So, because I've been, I've, I've had the privilege and let me make let me make sure I've had the privilege of like working from home since March 2020. You know, 
even through losing jobs, gaining jobs, losing jobs, whatever, like, I have not had to commute into an office, like, consistently since 2020 in March. Now, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about trying to move back to a hybrid schedule. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I understand the privilege and I understand the benefits of it. Like, hey, I, I could get up and, you know, roll out of bed and head straight to the office, right? I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I also understand that, like, sometimes it makes the work-life balance a little less work-lifey because you're in the spot where you're doing the work. So it's harder to, like, separate it. But at the end, end of the day, everything A, comes back to money. Because, um, like, everything you said. And B, is also... The companies are getting over on us a little bit because think about how much energy we've had to use more now because we're not leaving our house for eight hours a day, so the electric's always on. The Wi-Fi, you know what I'm saying? The, uh, you know, I used to love using the office or anything. Like, I'm going to print out all this shit at the office. Like, fuck you talking about? Um, but I, I, the one thing I do find funny is the talk about culture. Like, we just missed the office. You know, the culture, you know, is one of the reasons. Like, what culture? Fam, I, every time I went to the office, I went. I, there was a microaggression waiting for me at the door like a cookie. It was like, or Lord knows, I'm glad I wasn't in the office when George Floyd and Breonna Taylor happened last summer. That would have made me quit. Like, to hear a bunch of, we're, we're here for you, we're listening to you in person where I can't hide the fact that I don't, I'm rolling my eyes. Oh no. Oh no. Um, it's, 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 again, it's, it, it all ties back down to the money, right? Where companies are tired of paying these downtown rent ass prices for no, for nobody to be there. And I do feel bad for the, for the stores and the businesses who are in those business areas who plan on having that foot traffic that don't. But it's also it's like, but work is getting done still. It's not like we've seen product, productivity go up in the pandemic because people are able to get their work done on their own time. I love the fact that I ain't got to like take a whole day or take a half day if I want to go see the doctor and like let people know like, hey, I'm going to be out this afternoon, whatever. I love that for me. Because it, I it, it, the fact that if I have access to my laptop, I can do my job. As long as, and I'm, I'm so, okay, how do I say this? And I'm trying to be careful. I don't not, do not micromanage me. If I am getting my job done and you are seeing productivity and results because I'm doing my job, stay out of my face. Like, I don't need, I'm not about to sit in this building because you want me to be sitting in this building. I am not, about, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. And I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Not the other way around. <laughs> and I am not long gone are the days of me begging jobs for that kind of flexibility that has to be built in. I'm not begging for, to do what I want to do or do my job how I need to do it. Now, I don't mind being in the office. Like I said, sometimes I enjoy the camaraderie. Sometimes I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm social like that, though. But I don't like that doesn't need to be a requirement for my job or for me to be able to advance and move up in my job. My performances. Like, and I think working from home just eliminates the the need for me to, there's certain, like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Offices are hell because 
Why am I forced to have to participate with someone I do not like? We don't like each other. We should not be forced to interact with each other because y'all want to call it and call it professionalism. Fuck that. He gets on my motherfucking nerves and being around you violates my boundaries. Like, you know what I mean? Like being forced to work with people you do not like feels so intrusive. And the option to work from home eliminates all that shit. I don't have to deal with you. It's it's, it's about control, right? Because if it was about pro- productivity, there wouldn't be a question. Again, studies have shown, statistics have shown, and you know my analytical ass love me a statistic. We're actually getting more work done during this time frame, right? People are able to, you know, you know, secret, work two or three different jobs remotely because they have the ability and the flexibility to do so. It's about control. And it's about the older generation does it is 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 trying to wring their control out as much as as much as they can while they still can and quiet as it's kept joe biden the biggest hypocrite you work from home too motherfucker right you work where you live you go to sleep and work in the white house shut up you shut your mouth and and it's like dog let me tell you something it we've been earning our paycheck about doing the work for the last two years nigga trust and believe so it 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 all comes back down to money. And also, if you're so worried about like the money in, in the businesses, how about you turn some of them buildings into and rezone it into apartments? We got a housing shortage. We got a homeless crisis. You got a bunch of bills that need to be used. One plus one don't equal two to you. Right. And, and, and even um, and they realize that. So because um, Eric Adams, the uh, New York City mayor, actually threatened businesses with that. Basically said, if you don't force these motherfuckers to come back to work full-time in the office, we will rezone this area from like from, from business to residential and build and build houses and apartments on your shit. So, like, again, it's about control and about trying to put your thumb on our neck and, like, it, 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 and we not the generation to go for that. Like, like again, niggas will uh, value flexibility over anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, people turning down jobs with real money because, like, mm, the flexibility ain't there for me. Like, we've, you, it, you open Pandora's box, my nigga. Like, we, all the jobs that you told us we couldn't do from home, we did from home for the past two years because of the pandemic. And now you want to tell us you can't do these from home anymore? <laughs> yeah, eat a dick. Like, no, nigga, like, no, you, you, you done fucked up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> like, no, you, you, because, because of the pandemic, y'all showed y'all hand. And all of the place, all of the things we said, we can't do this virtually. We'd have done everything virtually. Niggas have gotten married virtually or been on dates virtually. Did Zumba's and exercises virtually. Holded whole events virtually. Have worked virtually. Kiss my black ass. <laughs> stop playing. Like, stop pissing on me and tell me it's raining. I know what rain feels like. This ain't that. Right. So to that I say, and I think I'll go ahead and end this on a good note. Do what's best for you. I've never left a job and took a and took a job and took a pay cut unless it was necessary. And I only did it one time. And yeah, it was necessary. I had a time of my life in that position, but I had to be on the better things eventually, right? I had to get back to the paper. And that's all I'm saying to folks. If you like what you're doing for a living and you like your setup and you like how you're paid, you enjoy that shit. Keep it, maintain it, 
And I'm starting to realize that my work-life balance is fucked. It's always been fucked. <laughs> and I am getting ready to start um, putting things in place to get that back in, back in check. Because honestly, yeah, when my house is a wreck, so am I. And But I also realize that I have to be my best self and figuring out systems and ways that make that possible are a part of that. And yeah, working inside of an office 24-7 is not that for me at all. Um, if I if I am going to be in a working on my working journey for a little while, I've committed to it, then I am going to have that set up to at my convenience and at my I'm a hard worker, but some of this shit has to benefit me. Right. It can't just be about the paycheck. It has to be in my comfortable in my work setting. And yeah, doing that from comfort to my own goddamn house is it <laughs> at least for me. But my bad. My high note is. Not fuck these companies because get your money, but make make Don't it work loyal. for you. Make it work for you. Don't be loyal to individuals. Do not be loyal to institutions and companies because they the company will betray you if it has a chance. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you die on the spot, they'll they'll post your position within a week. The person who and I'll tell a quick story. I'm sorry I cut you off, but this is a quick story that really resonated to me. So the person who uh, invented the microwave oven, like he did it while he was in the company and, and he was like a lower level person in the company, but he invented the microwave oven and he told his superiors about the, you know what I'm saying, everything like that. And the company patented the microwave oven and paid that man $2. The man who, who invented one of the staples of American life got paid $2 for that and died broke. Do not be loyal to these companies because they will never be loyal to you. I think that it's a fair trade agreement. We shook hands for me to do these X, Y, and Z tasks for this amount of money and to form form at this amount of rate and level. And when I want more and I want to scaffold growth and promotion, then you'll do a little bit. That's a shake. We shook hands on that. I signed on the dotted line. This is the benefits for having me. This is the benefits from me having you. Boom. Once that there's a breach in that agreement for whatever reason, we both get to come back to this table. Sometimes on their terms, sometimes on mine. So I don't always think of these companies as betrayal or anything like that. I'm as invested in y'all as you are into me. And then when there's a shift in that energy, we need to talk about it. And I think the moment that I started stop taking these jobs as personal as I do, especially as a black person, I think a lot of times black people, we place a lot of our value on what we do for a living instead of like who we are as people, like, which is a different conversation for a different day. But just remember, be with certain companies. It's okay to love your company. It's okay to love what you do for a living and love how you do it and why you do it. It's those reasons are a-okay. And a feeling a sense of loyalty to a job that helps you provide for yourself and your family is not necessarily a bad thing because you start to perform and look at work differently. But being a slave to a job, I'm not, which I think is what you were getting at, Calvin, is what I'm not doing. And feeling like I have to put my company over myself or put my, my job over my basic needs, that's not happening either. And you can work hard and also keep a balance and keep yourself in check. And that is, I think, the bigger picture for me. I'm not going to grind myself into the ground, but we are going to grind our, ourselves and make it productive. But this is your girl, Allie Nicole. 
It's your boy C Diddy. We're out of here. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone. Score. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot.